Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Father, thank you. Thank you for giving us your son that we can receive your word. Expose us to your word. Impart yourself to us. Infuse yourself into us as we hear your word. In the name of Jesus, we speak a blessing over your people. Let sicknesses be healed. Let sin be convicted. Let the lost be saved. Oh God, let the confused receive direction. Oh Lord, let the one who is timid and afraid receive boldness in the name of Jesus. Let your power be demonstrated. Let your glory be seen. Let your presence be felt. Oh Lord, and let your name be glorified. Thank you, Lord. We pray for all our brothers and sisters listening and joining us in this service from all around the world. We pray that Lord minister to them in their various respective places as we all hear God's word. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Shout amen. amen. All right. I, I said that last Sunday, I said I wanted to continue the message, but then obviously I realized that there was an outstanding um, message as well last Wednesday. All right, I didn't really tie up the therefore Hebrews. Right, so I think it's just good. Let's pick it up from there. Let's tie it up, run it up well, and then we can um, have some fun in the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. All right, let's, let's turn our Bibles to Hebrews. Hebrews, Um, last week I gave us a background to Hebrews, how Hebrews is a book written to the Hebrews, to help the Hebrews um, connect themselves to the new thing God is doing, the new era God has brought them into, and to allow them to enjoy the goodness of God. And it starts by trying to compare some major figures and major, fi- major figures and elements in the Old Testament, comparing it to the New Testament, for that matter, comparing it to Christ. And so he started by talking about how Christ is better than the angels, all right, in the fact that uh, it's better than the angels as the Son of God. So even as God, the, the Son of God, he was better or is better than the angels. And he's better than the angels as the son of man. In his humanity, he was better than the angels. He could identify with us. He became the captain of our salvation. I like that phrase so much. It really, it really tickles my interest and fancy. Uh, he is the captain of our salvation. And so in that sense, he's better than the angels. And Bible says that then he gave, after saying that, he gave us the first Therefore, or the first warning, the warnings are therefore what to do. 
And so they says that because of that, we should give heed to what is spoken. From chapter 2, from verse 1, talks about, therefore, because Christ is all that, we should listen, we should give heed to what is spoken to us. Because of who Christ is, that is what warrants us, or that is what gives us the, the boldness, the confidence to listen attentively and to apply our hearts to what is said about Christ. And then he went on to say, Jesus is better than Moses. Let's all say Jesus is better than Moses. Because Jesus is the apostle uh, and the high priest of our confession. And so Jesus is better than Moses as, the, as, as an apostle. And because of that, he says that the second instruction, the second therefore that he gave us is we should not, uh, we, we, we should not come f- fall short of the promise. Right? Because he says that the Israelites fell short of the promise and because of that they did not enter his rest. Right? And he says that we should be careful lest we become like them by falling short of the promise. How? Through unbelief, you remember? So it takes unbelief, just not too much. It doesn't take too much. It takes simple unbelief to miss out on what God wants to do in your life. As simple as that. Simple unbelief. The other time when we were doing the foundation class, I was, we, we referred to the book of James chapter 1, verse 6, 7, and I think verse 8, which is a very, very strange text. It says that, talking about when you are coming to God to ask, it said, ask in faith without doubting. Why? Because anyone who doubts is like the driven and tossed by the wind. Right? When you see the wave of the sea, actually, you can't put something, um, maybe when something belongs or anything of yours that falls in the wave of the sea, you are, you are sure not to be able to pick it up because it's always unstable. There's no one point you can see the, the wave of the sea. at It's always unstable. The Bible says that um, anyone who asks God for something and the person is doubting, he's unstable. Do you know what? So God will say, anytime God is about to give it to you from in the, at this point, you are not there. So, so God can't track you down <laughs> to help you. It's just like a child who is very, very hungry. And the mother is trying, a baby, the mother is trying to feed her, bright up breastfeed her, and the baby is so erratic and will not be quiet. So it's difficult. It's difficult. And some of us, God is trying to help us. And the only way he can do is just to push you in an atmosphere, an environment where your faith will be jacked up. Because the only stabling factor in receiving from God is your faith. So if your faith is not in place, God can really track you down to help you. Because by the time he thinks you are in Graceland, you are in Bermondsey. <laughs> by the time God has sent Pastor Charles with a miracle for you, and Pastor Charles has heard the voice of God, God is moving him like the way God sent Ananias to go and pray for Saul. So God has sent someone to meet you somewhere with your miracle. By the time they get there, you are not there. God has, God has packaged and really moved a certain man from Russia. He's coming to relocate in New Cross and start coming to church. By the time he comes, you have moved to Manchester looking for a husband. <laughs> Someone say, mercy. <laughs> so, so faith, Bible says that it's like the wave of the sea tossed to and fro. Put it back on the screen, please. James chapter 1. Tossed to and fro um, by the wind. Now look at the next verse. That is a very, for, that, I don't like this verse. You don't understand when I say I don't like it. It's, I, I like it, but it's quite so scary. He said, let not that man suppose 
Don't think. Don't think that you receive anything from God. Hey. Did you see how serious it is? He said, anytime you ask, for, ask something from God and you are doubting, you are doubting. He said, don't think you receive anything from God. Let, let that man not think he'll receive anything from God. No, he didn't, say, let not, he didn't say let that man not think God will give him anything. Don't think you will receive. Because it takes faith to enter the rest. It takes faith to receive. As for God, he's a good God. What he will do, he has done already. Uh, <laughs> it's already been done. Tell someone it's already done. All things work together for good. It's already done. It takes faith. All right. So he says that because of that, because Christ is like Moses, Moses brought them into the promised land, moved them, but most of them they didn't enter the promised land because Hebrews 4 6 said, because of unbelief. Just that, just that, nothing. Unbelief seems so simple. The King James says unbelief because of unbelief. The New King James says because of disobedience. It was so the same. Unbelief seems so simple, but it is so costly. It will cost you everything. Where I grew up, let me tell you this story, then I can move on to the next. Where I grew up, we used to have a lot of grass. Grass, the grass, nice grass, green grass. We always were, we always playing in the grass. We were always playing gardens. So it's just when I found out that here gardens are very precious. We grew up with large gardens and trees. <laughs> and when you are a player, we had balloons were not too common. So if you have a balloon, especially Christmas, Christmas time, you if you inflate your balloon and you do, and it just goes and falls on the grass. Know that you're going, you aren't going to get it again because this was, the grass will usually, you know, punch a hole, punch it, and then go. Now, the grass, just a little hole in it is enough to deflate everything. Little bit of unbelief can spoil everything you have been waiting for. It's not too much. You know, that's why this one is full of unbelief. No, no, little. Unbelief is so expensive, huh? You can do all other things. Those who normally say, I've done all. <laughs> I know what I discovered. Normally when we say, I've done all, it's, an, it's unbelief is talking. Those who normally say, I've done everything, now what else should I do? Unbelief is expensive. Tell, tell someone, sister, unbelief is expensive. How do you get rid of unbelief? It's simple. It's the same as how do you build your faith? Because can you, guess what, guess what, guess what? This is an interesting one. Every human being is born with unbelief. We are all unbelievers. <laughs> and then by the mercies of God, we heard the word and we became believers. So now someone tells someone, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. But even now that you are a believer, your past the nature, the natural self of unbelief always tries to interfere with your believing self. Right? So sometimes you believe to a certain extent, then uh, you give up. And you embrace unbelief. That, 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 that's where we'll be going there for Hebrews. All right. So he talks about 
So we should, we should, because of that, second therefore is that do not come short of the promise of his rest. All right. That's in chapter three. Then he moves on to chapter, uh, the next point, Jesus is better than Aaron as a high priest. Okay. So Jesus is better than Aaron as a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Right. Jesus' high priest is the Melchizedekan high priest. It's according to the Melchizedekan order, which is better than the Aaronic order. Because of that, it says that um, we should be brought into maturity. Hebrews chapter 5. Therefore, chapter 5, towards the end, verse 12, downwards, 10 to chapter 6, it said, therefore, leaving the elementary principles of, uh, of, of um, the things of uh, Christ, okay, the teachings, the doctrine. So we should come to, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ. Let's move on, all right? Grow up, grow up. Your growing up in the Lord is very necessary so that the, those who don't grow up in the Lord easily get deceived by the, by the devil. Children are very gullible. How many of you know that you can give a child two pound coin and collect her 50 pounds? <laughs> It's easy. Someone, someone gives the child, that little child, 50 pounds notes. And they come, this one is better. You throw it, it falls down, it makes some noise. Heavy. You collect that. The child will be very happy. Or at best, you can just buy a 50p sweet. Give the sweet and collect the money. Because children are very gullible. That is why, as a Christian, you can't afford not to grow. Because you become too vulnerable in the hands of many physicians. <laughs> you become too vulnerable in the hands of many people, many, many all kinds of religious personalities, religious. Someone called me recently. Someone said that, Pastor, I'm confused. I've been reading some things recently and I'm even confused. The person has not been coming to church. I've been reading some things and I'm confused. And I could understand because there are so many confusing things out there. If you don't take your time to develop your faith and grow and mature in the Lord, the enemy, Bible says that he is the accuser of the brethren and Bible calls him the deceiver. The devil is, the Bible says that, can you imagine someone, when he speaks lie, he's speaking his natural language. Yeah. Yeah. John. Jesus said, as for the devil, John 8, 44, I think so. Said, when he speaks the lie, he's speaking his natural native language. So, 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 now, this is my argument. My pastor taught me this years ago, and it was really helpful. He says that you are the son of the, the, father, the, the devil, the desire of your father you want to do. And then he, somewhere he says, when he, because, he, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resource. For he is a liar and the father of it. When you read some other translation, it says that when he speaks the lie, he's speaking his native language. It's natural for the devil. That is why those who say, oh, you know, when, when, when I got born again over 20 years ago, there was this, this kind of all these beliefs. People have been under the, uh, under the sea and they've met the devil. They used to be in the occult and they are coming to reveal the devil's secrets. Who told you the things the devil told you were true? All right. 
That's why, you know, recently, what, I, I know this because of where I grew up, they were doing a lot of deliverance. Right? And someone, sometimes someone will sit down and then they'll be, they'll be, they'll be casting and say, yeah, my name is this. My name is this. I am this. Oh, you think you can cast me out? This morning you've eaten a lot of um, rice and peas. You think you can cast me out? And then, and then you see pastors having dialogue with demons. But what? Demons are natural liars. So why do you want an information from a demon thinking that it is authentic? Because the devil is a natural liar. I mean, he can't he can speak that. He, he, even if he wants to, he cannot. Because once he opens his mouth, the source of lies is flowing. <laughs> and so that is why it is necessary to develop, get, open up yourself to sound teaching so you can grow up as a Christian. Because when, once you grow up as a Christian, some things can... Nowadays, I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Nowadays, sometimes when I watch Christian TV, I have to go up and down looking. Because sometimes I prefer watching Christian TV than to watch a lot of junk. Because my soul is too expensive to be putting junk inside. And it takes a lot of time to clear junk. I don't know how many of you have noticed that. Because you put junk into it, activates some all necessary stuff in your system. It takes too much time to jump, fasting and praying. <laughs> so, so I try as much as well to stay away from a lot of junk. But sometimes Christian television, I, I go and then I really don't find anything nourishing. Okay? Nor, I mean the word nourishing. It can be fun. Some of it is quite entertaining. Some of it is quite interesting. Pastor Frank made a statement some time ago. He said, I think when we were on television, when we were going on television in a conversation, I told him how much it costs to be on television for 30 minutes. He said, wow, is that, is it that expensive? And people pay all this money to come and do that sort of stuff on television. But the point I'm making is that I find it difficult to listen to a lot of people. Do you know why? Not because they don't say anything, but because I want to grow. I want to grow. I just, tell me something. Teach me God's word. I, I, I'm so hungry for anything in God's word that anytime someone is teaching and it's not taking me into the, the word of God, it puts me off. Because what I need is the more of God's word that helps me to grow. And once I'm growing in my spirit, my faith will grow. And once my faith is growing, all that God has prepared for me, I'll receive it. Amen. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. So it's very important. It says that we should mature. Okay, because um, Jesus is our high priest. Then it goes on to the next point. So Jesus is better than angels. Jesus is better than Moses. Jesus is better than Aaron. And then it said that the, the, uh, Jesus or Christ's New covenant is superior to the old covenant. All right? And so he went on to say that um, because his, his covenant is superior to the old, um, old covenant, then he said, therefore, Hebrews. All right? It's superior to the old covenant because it's based, it's a better covenant with better promises, with a more excellent ministry. All right? So it's a better covenant with better promises. Hallelujah. All right, now listen to this very carefully. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The, every covenant is established on promises. For, listen to this very carefully. Right, it connects to what we are learning on Sunday. So that is why when God called Abraham, he gave him a promise. When you read Romans chapter 4, Bible says that 
uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 19, 20, 21, one of our favorite scriptures. He not being weak in faith, all right, uh, uh, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb, verse, verse 20. He did not waver at the, did you see that? Did you see that? He did not do what? Waver. Do you remember that word again? It says that he who doubts, okay, it's like the waves of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. All right. So Abraham did not waver. King, King James says he did not stagger. When, I don't know how many of you have seen a drunk, very, someone who is very drunk. That's why when you are drunk, you don't drive. Because you, what you define as straight is off. All right. So Bible says that Abraham did not, that's what some of us are doing. Today you think, oh, God will give me a husband. But maybe tomorrow the husband will not come. <laughs> you are staggering. Maybe God will heal me. Or maybe he won't heal me. Maybe I'll get a job. Maybe I'll, so you come to church once, you are so excited. Then the next moment you say, maybe I'll get, you see, uh, then you begin to say, I've done everything. I've done. No, but if you don't stagger, just come wind, uh, come high water, come, come uh, fire, come whatever. You stand as a flint. Because you're, you've made up your resolution that God is faithful. In spite, that's why I like the Hebrew boy said, even if he doesn't deliver us. We have just made up our, our mind. We have made a resolution that we will not cave in. All right. So, Bible says that, put it back, Abraham did not stagger at the promise. Did you see? Unbelief is expensive. Right. Unbelief will hurt you. If you are on the track of God's promise, unbelief is an enemy. Because he did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. All right, so God's covenant always is, every covenant is based on promises. And Bible says that the new covenant is based on better promises. So whatever the Jews were enjoying, we have better. We've got better. We've got better. At least if nothing at all, there's one thing we can always be thankful to God for. The fact that we can access his presence. We can access his presence directly. We can come boldly. All right. So after telling us how superior the new covenant is to the old covenant, then he goes on Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. He said, therefore, Hebrews, okay, so as I explained the therefore, the therefore, last week's message, get it. Therefore, Hebrews, therefore, brothers and sisters, or therefore, brethren, Therefore, brethren, having bold, watch this, watch this. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter, enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. All right. So having boldness. So watch this, watch this. I told us last week that didactics, instructions. So anytime you see that, therefore, he's going to tell you what to do. Now, he's been telling us what the kind of, the kind of um, um, fortunate, privileged access we got 
in this New Testament, in this New Covenant. He's been explaining all that to us. Then he goes on to say, on the basis of that, therefore, all right, anytime you see the word therefore, it means that on the basis of what has just been said, this is what is supposed to follow. Okay? And so, you don't say, I've finished, I've written my exam, I've got a certificate, and therefore I can now sleep the rest of my life. No. You get a certificate to do what? To get a job. Am I right? So you get a certificate, or you go and train. You can't say, I've just, I've just finished my driving test. I've finished my driving test, I've passed, and I've finished. So now I can just put it somewhere and then continue living my life normal. Then why did you, why did you bother? All right. And so he's saying that, therefore, now that this has been attained, now that this has been secured for us, on the grounds of what has been done, therefore, this is what is supposed to follow. Now watch this. And it's interesting, the writer of Hebrews didn't go straight to the instructions, but he went again. I, I think the, 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 glory, the glory that we stand in is so magnificent, is so encouraging, is so amazing and astounding. He couldn't just say, therefore, do this. But he said, therefore, having... All right, go back, put it on the screen. Therefore, having boldness to enter. I didn't say that that doesn't mean anything. It's just telling you the state you are in. You've got that boldness to enter. Do you understand that? Therefore, we can boldly enter the presence of God. So having boldness, previously no one could enter the holies of holies. But I said, therefore, having boldness to enter the holies by the blood of Jesus in verse, verse 20, in by a new and a living way which he, Jesus, consecrated for us through the veil, which is his flesh. Right. What he's trying to say is that we have boldness to enter. You can just enter. It's interesting. When he says we have boldness to enter, that means we can enter without negotiation. Think about it. If he says that we have boldness to enter, that means we can enter without caution. Every time I go home, I just enter. <laughs> I just enter without caution because it's my house and everything is okay. So I just enter. When we are boys, when your boys, you go out late, and you, you know your parents say, "Don't come later." You come later. You are entering. You don't hear them say. The women, they take off their heels, <laughs> and they open the door, and then they, and the worst thing to experience is when you open the door. It's three a.m. or two a.m. Your dad is not asleep. <laughs> And he doesn't say anything, he's looking at you. <laughs> it reminds me of my nephew who went, well, I think he wanted to steal something from my mother's room. And my mom was asleep. Uh, she, he thought my mom, that the room was dark, but he could see. He wasn't sure if she was asleep. So he went still sleep. And then he was sleeping, and then my mom was sleeping. And then he. <laughs> my mom was not asleep. <laughs> <laughs> why, why did he have to do that? Because, because he, was try, he was going to do something he wasn't allowed to. 
Oh, he was going to do something he was not allowed to. He was not supposed to. But we can come because we are allowed to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell someone I'm allowed to. I'm allowed to. This may not sound very nice, but then that's why you don't need, I said this and I'll say it again. You do not need an angel to go before God for you. You don't need a saint. Neither do you need a Holy Mary. You don't. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Oh, count yourself out. You need, actually, when you're a sinner, you don't have access to God, so then you can need the prayers of some people. But we are just, justification. God doesn't see you as a sinner. He sees you as a righteous person like Christ. Hallelujah. So, therefore, having boldness to enter into the holies by the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way which he has consecrated for us through the blood. Put your screen, please. Through uh, the veil, which is his body. All right. Which is his flesh. Now, verse, the next verse. Let's, let, please turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. Let us draw near. Let's all read it out. Okay. Then verse 21 says, and having a high priest over the house of God. So two things we have. What is it? No, no. Okay. High priest and what? The having. We're talking about having two things right now. Having. That's how you should read your Bible. That's why open your, your Bible because the, this text cannot help you. Look in your Bible. We have something and we have something. We have what? We have war? All right. Really? Yeah? Verse 20. Therefore, having boldness. And then verse 21, having what? And having a high priest. So even if you come, the, the, the high priest, the forerunner, remember the forerunner? He's already gone there waiting to intercede on your behalf. So just come in. Just come in. And you speak on your behalf. Or oh, I like Esther. But Esther came in and the king said, Esther, come. She was not allowed to. She was not supposed to. But she went. She went. She said, if I perish, I perish. She went. And oh, listen to this. Even Esther didn't have anyone standing to speak on her behalf. But you and I have a forerunner. Remember, wait, 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 wait. Remember this. Jesus said, I'm going to the Father. You have to be happy because once I'm going to the Father, anything you ask in my name, I will do it. <laughs> you see that? So he's taking the lead just on our behalf. Bible says that, and he went up, he ascended into heaven and seated at the right hand. He sat at the right hand of God. So he's seated there on our behalf. There's no mediator. There's, no, there's only one God and one mediator between God and man, even the man Jesus He's there to mediate on our behalf. That's why I like 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, having an advocate, we have an advocate. <laughs> he said that, I, my, I'm writing these things so that you do not sin. But if you sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Who is he? Jesus. Who is he? Jesus. Jesus Christ, the righteous. He's our advocate. Do you know who an advocate is? Who is an advocate? He's an attorney. Okay, it's your attorney, defense attorney. He stands in your defense. Have you realized that your defense attorney is supposed to not to speak against you? No, he's not supposed to. His job is to defend you. Even if you are wrong, defense attorney is supposed to stand there and defend you and argue your case in your interest. 
Jesus is there arguing your case, defending you. God already wants to forgive you. He's forgiving you. God already wants to do so much. And Jesus is also standing there speaking on your behalf. So you have double barrel. So now, does it make sense that having boldness to enter and having a high priest over the house of God? All right? So two things we have. And so what? That's how you should read your Bible. I have got high priest. I have got boldness. So what should I do with it? Let's, that's where now the therefore comes in. So therefore, seeing that we have these two, verse 22. Verse 22 tells us what you should do. Verse 23 tells us what you should do. And then verse 24 tells us three things that we are supposed to do on the grounds of what God has secured, attained, and achieved for us as Christians. First one is let us draw near with a true heart. Say draw near. Esther was afraid. The king said, come. Esther, come. Esther, come. Draw near. Say, draw near. Draw near. That means if you you don't take care, you'll be there, but you don't want to draw near. No one to draw near. There's a stark warning. He said that if you actually draw back, God said, if you draw back, I won't be happy at all. Look at verse 39. See, see, if the Bible is yours, underline draw near, and then go to verse 39 and see what it says in verse 39. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 39 said, but we are not of those who draw back. Did you see that? <laughs> Some people draw back. But it says for us, we are not of those who draw back. All of a sudden, we don't see you in church. You are not drawing here. You are drawing back. All of a sudden, you don't read your Bible again. All of a sudden, you stop praying. And then people say things like, I've done it, I've done it, nothing is happening. See, drawing back. When you hear people talking like that, they are drawing back. Bible says that we are not of them that draw back to perdition. There's nothing good behind you. If you are going back, you are going to perdition. I like the song, um, William Mack. I won't go back, won't go back. To the way it used to be. I won't go back. Tell somebody I won't go back. At least mean it, mean it. Tell somebody I won't go back. Tell the person, it doesn't matter what the devil brings my way. I won't go back. Some of you are not saying, I I know you want to go back. The devil is like, you're not going anywhere. Say, I won't go back. Say, I won't go back. He says that we are not like we are not of them that draw back onto perdition. Put your screen. We are not like them that draw back onto perdition. Watch this. But of those who believe to the saving of their souls. For uh, I think he says that if you draw back, Jesus Bible says, if you draw back, my soul will not have pleasure in you at all. Yes. Is it the next verse? Put next verse. Let me see. Verse forty. Verse forty. Okay, but verse 30, there should be somewhere in the verse 37 or so. He says for, uh, for a little while. Um, yes, verse 30, he said, Now the just shall live by faith, but if, if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Hmm. Hmm. It's not good to draw back. Yeah. Keep moving. So he says that therefore, Hebrews, come closer. Come closer. Your relationship with God this year should be better than last year. Yes. Come closer. Because God is is so deep that you can never get too close to God. 
So at any point in time, he said, keep on, come closer. Come closer. Come closer. Come closer. And now you're looking at your friend. But my friends are not coming, so you let, me, let me catch up. He said, hey, if you drop back, my son will not be pleased with you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So back to the text. He said, therefore, Hebrews, having boldness to enter and high priest over the house of God, the first thing he said we should do is to draw near. But how should you draw near? I like that. Draw near with a true heart. God doesn't like religion. Religion, you know, it's easy to be religious. Doing something that looks good outside, but in your heart, your heart is very far away from it. But Jesus said, these people, they worship me with their lips, but their hearts are very far. So they are, we are singing, here I am to worship. They like the green bean team. They like it. So they are going, I like this song so much. You make my life so beautiful. More, 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 more. And their eyes are so dry. Oh, Jesus, more of you. They are just enjoying the music. Jesus said, These people, they are worshiping with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. He said, In vain do they worship me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But Jesus, it says that because we have a high priest over the house of God, come draw near with a true heart. With a, let's all say true heart. Draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. You are so convinced about God's word. You are doing it. Listen, what do you give without God? You knowing that God will say so. You know, some people, they give because they say there's a prophetic word. Hey, if you give, you are going to turn it, become a millionaire. As soon as you give, you are going to become a millionaire. So give. As soon as you give, you are going to become a millionaire. So give. So people give because not what God's word say, because what they are going to get. We all know lottery, lottery. Okay. It's lotto, vending machine. You put in one pound, you get your Coke. <laughs> you put in, and like Pastor Philip said, gambling. Mm. So you are putting in something, hoping to get more. Mm. It's just, just try your luck. No, it's not trying. Whether God decides to react or doesn't react, you are giving based on God's word. You are coming to church based on whether someone, you are singing, you are playing the keyboard, you are singing in the choir based on God's word, not because someone will clap for you or there's going to have special party for church workers. Well, special. You don't do that. Save. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Full assurance of faith. Having, having our hearts sprinkled from evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let me explain that quickly. Our hearts sprinkled from evil conscience. You know what evil conscience is? Doing something that you know wasn't good. And then the thing stays on your mind. Some of you are sitting right here. And usually you like to hide at the back. When I'm coming close, you are saying, God, God, let him not say anything. Let him not say anything. It's called what? Evil conscience. <laughs> Evil conscience spoils, spoils worship. How many of you have been to church or you just want to worship and something is staying on your mind wouldn't let you go alone because of something that might have gone wrong or you might have done wrong and you have not confessed? If you are born again, let your heart be sprinkled from evil conscience. 
What is the sprinkle? The blood of Jesus takes care of evil conscience so that you can come boldly without negotiation. Come, just come in. Evil, let, so let's, let's come boldly or let's enter or let's draw near with, our, with a true, with true heart and full, in full assurance of faith. I like that bit. Time will not permit I want to end on something. Full assurance of faith uh, with us, our, 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 our hearts sprinkled, okay, with our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. What does that mean? In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26, thereabout, it talks about how um, Jesus Christ, from verse 25, Jesus Christ loved the church, that he might, okay, but that's okay, husband loved the way Christ loved the church, verse 26, that, verse 26, that he might sanctify the church and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, okay? So when it says that with your bodies washed with water, that's Hebrews chapter 10, verse um, 22, let us draw near with a full hash of a heart, Full, a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now, how do our bodies get washed with pure water? All these things are all functions of what Christ has done. So these things that we have been teaching, justification by faith, propitiation, reconciliation with Christ, all these things that we have been talking about, they become nothing until you begin to find out how you apply these things in your, in your life. The essence of church is to help someone. Oh, I like this one. I like what I'm going to say. Actually, that's what I want to, I, lo- I love doing, okay? That's my job. I, is to help someone know what we believe as believers, know why we believe it as believers, and then know how to apply what we believe it, what we believe, and then know how to share what we believe. Right. To know what we believe, why we believe what we believe, how to live what we believe, and how to share what we believe. Four cardinal things about our believing. And so if you know what we believe, and you do not begin to apply it in your life, it becomes an exercise in futility. Then that becomes religion. Religious folks tend to know so many things, but you don't see effects on their lives. Hallelujah. All right, so he says that we should, we should draw near with a true heart and then um, our bodies washed with the pure water. What it means for our bodies to be washed is that our bodies signify our actions. Mm-hmm. Say my actions. I like the song, the choir song. My mind, my soul, my heart belongs to you. Oh, my head, my lips, my body belongs to you, belongs to you. After that, please go home and make sure it belongs to God. (laughs) So, So we hear the word so that the word can wash, okay, wash our bodies, wash what we do, influence our behavior. So behavior is un, not unimportant. We are saved to behave right. We are not saved to behave the same. Come, Jesus will accept you the way you are, but he will not leave you the way you are. Right. So the point here is that we should come boldly. So when you are coming boldly, see, if your, your, your heart is not sprinkled from evil conscience, it affects the way you relate to God. Right. You know, brothers and sisters, can I tell you something? 
There are people, there's someone sitting beside me. There may be someone sitting beside you. Or some other Christian brother who will tell you, why are you going to church on a Wednesday? Me, I can't be bothered. Such a person is likely, possibly, there's an evil conscience somewhere. It's, it's possible. It's possible. So Sunday come where a lot of people, then they will hide at the back there. They dance with, with all, and they'll make sure they come late. Only, only one day when the Holy Ghost is moving, then he pulls them in front of their cry, oh, Lord. Most of those cries sometimes, <laughs> it's a cry of repentance. <laughs> but the point I'm making is that someone is suffering um, an evil conscience suffering. And if you don't take care, you whose conscience is right, you allow them to pollute you and to advise you so long as how you draw near to God is concerned. So your, our, our, our hearts sprinkled from, uh, from evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now, so that's the first instruction is given. Number, verse 22, he said, let us draw near. Say draw near. Say, draw near. How many of us will make a resolution that next month by this time, your work with God is better? Even if God doesn't give you a new job. Even if God doesn't give you another money. That's how it means. Draw near. Every point in time. Christ has done it. Draw near. Christ has done it. Draw near. But the, the, the truth of the matter is that you can't draw near and remain the same. God will bless you. The blessing of God, Lord, you don't have to. Sometimes you, may, you won't even share testimony. Your life will be speaking. People will see you and say, no, I want to go to church with you. People will see you and say, no, I want to be like you. Because you've drawn near so much. When I was in secondary school, I was taught something. Closer to God, closer to victory. Oh, I see your victory coming. I see your victory coming. You will never suffer defeat in the name of Jesus. Because of your closeness to God. Let me go to the next one. Therefore, draw near to God. And then what was the second one? Let us draw near and then let us hold fast. Hold fast the confession. The confession. Let's all say confession. confession. Or some translations say profession. It's virtually the same thing. The confession, homologio, is the Greek word. Homo. What's homo? See the way this our generation has polluted people's mind. Homo. <laughs> Some people have added phobic already. <laughs> no, homo. Homo means the same, at the same place, at the same level. Okay. Homo logio. How many of you have heard the word logos? What's logos? Yeah, it's the word. It also means reason. Logic, it stems out from the word logos, logic, reason, purpose, the understanding behind the thing, the main objective behind the thing. So homo logos or homologia has to do with the same. So you are, you are, what, what, watch this, what you are saying, what you are behaving is the same as you have always believed. Okay, your profession, your profession, your confession, what you are saying, you are saying same as Christ has attained, same as as the, the reason behind your Christian work is when someone looks at you, they don't even have to define Christianity. They can look at you and tell what Christian, what Christ has done on the cross is about. Homologia, the same thing. Maintain. He said, let's, let's watch this. He says, let us hold fast the confession of our faith. Don't change what you are saying, even if conditions change or don't change. Don't change what you are saying. Watch this. Hey, thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Now, 
The, the heaven and earth shall pass away. But my word. But my word. But my word. That is why I have to point you to the word so that you begin to hold fast to what the word has said, which you are confessing, because the only thing that gives you security for tomorrow is God's word in your mouth, not, not something else. It doesn't matter what you say. As for me, I'm good. As for me, everybody likes me. Everybody, not, nothing even will go up. Those things, positive confessions can be good to a certain extent, but there's no guarantee in positive confession. The only guarantee is the word confession. And it says that, let us, hey, Jesus, I like this. He didn't say, let us begin to confess. <laughs> Let us hold fast. When you become born again, you enter by confession and you have to hold fast. Hold fast. Let us hold fast. Are you born again? Are you born again? And so what made you born again? Hold fast to it. Hold fast. And so, thank you Holy Spirit. Come close to God and hold fast your confession on earth. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what you don't see. Keep confessing the same things that you've discovered in the word of God that saved you. He saved me. He saved me. He died for me. I am justified. I am a child of God. Hold fast your confession. I am a child. And you don't have money. It doesn't matter. I'm a child of God. And you know, you are not married yet. It doesn't matter. I'm a child of God. If you all unbelievers are married, getting a better job. Your friends who don't go to church and they are unbelievers, they are married, getting better jobs. And so what? And so what? I'm a child of God. Just, just, just listen. You don't even have to consider some things. You don't. You don't have to consider some things. If someone tells you, it's not subject for consideration. Maybe I can, maybe, maybe, maybe when I, when I hang around him, one day he will divorce his wife. And, you know, it's easy to say, hey. But the A, convert that A into maintaining your confession. Because when we are in church, everyone looks okay. But many people are sitting on hot coals. <laughs> London burning, London burning, looking. <laughs> I like this. Brothers and sisters, let us hold fast the profession, the confession of our hope to the end. Hold fast the profession. Of our hope. We, see the word wavering have appeared again? Yeah. See, 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 how many times have we seen it tonight? Three times. Let, that's what Abraham did. He did not waver at the promise of God. Have you seen promise there again? Promise. When God promises you, the devil will try to make you waver. Yeah. I, I don't know how many of you have got some promise from God. But if you've got promise from God, you will know that there are all kinds of uh, 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 undulating circumstances around you that makes you feel like just drop the promise. That's it. So when God gives you a promise, all he requires from you is not to waver, but be uh, be unflinching. Hold, Hold firm to that word. Hold firm to that word. Who told you you can't be married? Who told you you can't have a child? 
Who told you you can't buy a house? A house? How? House. 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 Think about it. House. Oh. House. So why are you so worried? You can buy a house. House prices are going high. That's even better for you. <laughs> Let them go high. And people still buy. People are coming from Russia. And you are already here. So then it's easier for you. You are closer. (laughs) Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor, it is because of the way we consider things and we interpret issues of life. It's the interpretation of life that is ailing most of us. So we look at what God has said, but we have a different interpretation of life. Said, let us hold firm. Put it on the screen again. It says, let us therefore hold firm. Let us hold fast. All right. Verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for... uh, uh. Why why, Why should you hold fast? Did you see that? That means when you don't hold fast, you are saying that, God, I can't count on your faithfulness. I can't count on your faithfulness. Of, above, above all that is that. So watch this. Because of what Christ has done on the, on the cross for us, because he's better than angels, because he's better than uh, Moses, because his position is better than Aaron, we have a better high priest, a better high priest. Because we have a better covenant, because we have a better covenant established on better promises, because we have access into God's presence, because of this whole new thing that God has given us by the veil being torn, we can get into his presence. Because of all this, it it said that let us draw near. And then that's number one. And then let us also hold fast the confession of our faith, uh, confession or profession of our hope without wavering. For God is faithful. Then they move to the third one. Let us consider. Let us consider. Say consider. Consider. I I would like to read us to, that's all my time. Let us read that from uh, the amplified version on the screen. It's quite an interesting verse 24. Quite an interesting way Amplify puts it. Let us consider and give attention, continuous care to watching over one another. Studying how we may stir up. See the word stimulate or incite. Last week I said paroxysm. Paroxysm is actually in my head, I just I, did, I, I didn't take my time to mention it. Paroxysm is actually an English word. Paroxysm is actually an English word, all right, which stems out from a Greek word which is called which is paroxysmus. Very very simply, okay. Let me spell it for you. P a r o x u s m u s. That's the Greek word, paroxysmus, which actually means to incite. Sudden attack. Suddenly. All right, something happened suddenly. So when I said best, outburst. Yeah, it's an outburst, sudden outburst. So it's, it's the same root word, all right? The same. So paroxysmus, paroxysmus, the Greek word means an outburst, sudden, sudden attack. Now what is insight to make someone want to do something? Now it says that, watch this, it's serious. Because of what Christ has, has done, don't say I can draw near. That's good, but that's not enough. Don't say I can maintain my confession because God is faithful. That's good, but don't, that's not enough. You also now have to consider someone. Consider Brother Joshua. Consider someone. 
consider to incite unto love and good works. No, I know some what some people will think incite her to love you. No. <laughs> incite. Incite. You know what? That word incite is a very strong word. Yes. What I said, incitement of hatred. Incitement of hatred or incitement, incitement of <laughs> hatred. <laughs> oh, incitement of, you know, public unrest. That's a serious thing. So you, 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 you cause people to sharply react, to act in a certain way. Now, Bible says that we should do that. We should, before that, you should have to consider and give attention. So look at that sister, Christian sister. You know. You know her temperament. You know, consider her. Consider that Christian brother. Consider someone. Don't ignore people. Don't ignore people. Whilst they are making a lot of noise, they say, I'm tired. Nothing is working for me. Listen to them carefully. Steady them. Steady how you steady them. You incite them to love God more. You have to steady. So, that, see, after Christ has done, therefore, Hebrews, you have to do something. If you're a Christian and you can't have a positive impact on other Christians' worship, it's not nice. And you are screaming, God, bless me, bless me, God. That's the kind of Christians we are raising this morning in the church. They are shopaholics. All they want is what I need. Give me. God, give me. God, give me. You see how we're excited when we see the box and we shoot, actually. But you should also be doing other things. Someone phoned, she said, I feel so discouraged. I don't even want to go to church. She said, sister, go for a break. You need it. Ah! <laughs> you make a mistake and call some of our sisters, someone like Enyonam, and say, I don't want to come to church. She said, ah! What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? I thought you should be mature by now. She will provoke you. She will annoy you. She will annoy you unto love and good works. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Why is it that you have a friend? She, my, my, my wife has, had a, has a friend. Years ago, she was so down. There were times she didn't want to go to church. And my wife would tell her, what do you mean? Look at where you are. No, you can't do that. You have to be there. You have to serve faithfully. Hold fast your profession. See, that is what we should be doing. I keep telling, I tell our pastors and ministers, don't, you are not a leader just to make sure you make friends. You are not a politician. You are, that's my job. So if you tell me, pastor, I can't come to church, I'm sorry, I may ask you why. And you have to tell me something so sensible and so good. Other than that, my conscience will not hold me, give me peace. You defile my conscience and you make me enter church with evil conscience. I, I have to, yes, I have to make sure if you tell me, Pastor, I can't come to church, why? Because I didn't sleep early last night. It doesn't matter. Come on, be on your feet. Come on, put on your shoes, jump into the bathroom, and bring your sorry self to the house of God. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? It, it, it is not my job as a pastor, but my job as a Christian. Who is drawing nearer to God and maintaining my confession? The third one, I don't have to leave it. I have to add it. I have to add it. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. So in conclusion, then it goes on, and let us consider one another to stir one another to love and good works. Then verse 25, I like, not forsaking. Whilst you are staring someone, not forsaking ourselves, the gathering of ourselves together, the assembling. Don't forsake. It says that's the manner of some people. We are about to start cell meetings. You see some people, cell meetings. Now, it's just near your house. 
Even that, someone will be sitting home and say, oh, what is it? I'll go on Sunday. I'll be okay. <laughs> me, me, I just want to serve. I don't want to have a relationship with anybody. Mm. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. It says that, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. I was telling you last Sunday, there's only one Sunday I never, I, went, I didn't go to church for the, over 23 years of my life. Since I got, uh, became a Christian. Only one Sunday. And there was one Sunday I was out of the country with some musicians, Christian musicians, okay? <laughs> Christian, top Christian star. Because of my praise and worship ministry, I was close to that particular uh, minister and it's, it's over another country. It was a big African whatever. And we, so we, we went, all and her team. And that Sunday, it was Saturday night. Sunday morning, we were all in the hotel. They were asleep, Christian musicians. So. <laughs> and together with the guy himself, <laughs> I told I, I can't stay in a room Sunday morning, hotel room, doing what? I went, it's a strange country. Abidjan, they speak French. I, I had to go out looking for a place to go to church. And I managed to find one. Someone who has been living in Birmingham and he said, oh, I've not found a church yet. Hey! You will find some if you are serious. <laughs> Because forsaking the assembling of ourselves together is bad manners. Read your Bible. He says that, let, put it on the screen, not forsaking assemblies of ourselves together as is the manner of some. Some people do that. You are not that some. Tell somebody you are not that. You know, after today's service, call someone who didn't turn up for today and Sunday. Chase them. Chase them, paraxos, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Incite them. Incite them onto good works. Provoke them. Someone said, oh, me, I want to stop them being usher. And then you are, you are calm. No, provoke them. Make sure as long as God gives you breath, they will become your assignment. Provoke them. Provoke them. Sister arrived from uh, Nigeria this morning. Was it this morning? Yeah, she arrived from Nigeria this morning because she, has, she went on Monday or so, arrived this morning. And I was checking if she, if she didn't come after church. I'm going to call her, sister. Why? So I'm, I'm tired for what? Tired for what? You have to come to church. Come to church. <laughs> Some people will say, oh, why is it that church? They are always pretty. That is where God's blessing actually flows on your life properly. Someone say amen. amen. So let's not forsake the assembly. Put it on the screen. I'm finished. Let us know. Oh. Let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, all right, as um, the manner of some, but exalt one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. There's a day coming. There's a day coming. It's actually a day of return of Christ, a day of judgment, but it's a day of, of someone's blessing as well. The day is approaching. So he said, let us exalt one another. Let us encourage one another. Let us challenge one another. Let us provoke one another. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Did you get something? Put your hands together, Jesus. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.